Hello and welcome to the Couple of Points podcast. Today we're here at Merrick Park Golf Club in Bournemouth and we're joined by Sam Harrop. Sam is a comedy golf musician and he has got some fantastic stories that you are going to love. Let's get into the episode. Sam, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for coming on. So, Sam Harrop, um, if you were to introduce yourself to someone who didn't know who Sam Harrop was, how would you do that? I'd say I'm the guy who makes up weird songs about golf, or about specifically about golfers, I should say. That's, uh, to be fair, that's better than anything. I, I've, I've been thinking about this all week, and I couldn't. Uh, in my head I was like parody songs about golf no that's unfair because they're very good <laughs> oh, yeah, also true that's also <laughs> so, so for me it's been like right okay how do we introduce Sam let's ask him Sam could, and that's a, that's a very um, robust and, and solid answer I would say um, so you've become like a C-list famous as, as, I think that's your own words judging I, I, by, I, I go like Z probably <laughs> ju- judging by a Forbes article that I read about oh, you oh yeah yeah but who's got a Forbes article written about him Sam how yeah, did that come about crazy yeah I don't know I really some guy just reached out to me the, the guy who writes the articles and he just said We'd like, I'd like to write something on you you know you're free for a, for a chat yep. and I was like Forbes yep okay I'll do that <laughs> you're thinking have I won the lottery <laughs> yeah very very bizarre so going back to your sort of self as a golfer as a, as a person um, where did the love for golf come from and, and sort of obviously how, how has that progressed into being what it's become? Yeah, well, I, I started out really, it was just going to the pitching park with, with my parents as a kid. I just loved, I don't know, I, I kind of like being out in the open. I like the competitive, because I've got two older brothers, so we'd always like, you know, trying to beat each other, that kind of thing. Yep. So it was, it was just, I just got hooked from there really. And even though I never really properly committed myself in terms of, you know, having lessons, playing a lot, joining a club, I've never really done that. But I've always liked, when I get a chance to play with my, with my mates, there's, that's pure Bubba Watson, no lessons, just pure <laughs> vibes. Yeah, yeah. Not maybe not quite with the skill levels of, of Bubba, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not a bad person to try and to try and emulate. Um, brilliant. So, so ultimately, golf is a big part of your life, but music is also a pretty major part of your life. I think if you like look at yourself on YouTube, mm. like I was looking through your channel and going back, there's a lot of content pre-golf ever appearing on that channel. Yeah. Um, cover songs and I have to say you know you're very good at what you've done but <laughs> never quite had the success that oh no absolutely of, of the golf and, and where did yeah. the sort of music come from was that an early childhood thing or yeah so music was always an early so I, I think I was eight years old when I started having piano lessons yeah um, and I started sort of singing around the same time I was in like the school choir and stuff like that you know the cool kid um, <laughs> <laughs> hey mate nothing wrong with that I was in the school choir oh there you go <laughs> uh, so yeah we, so I used I've always said it was cool anyway yeah <laughs> So I was always uh, playing piano and singing from a young age. I just kept doing that. And then uh, I ended up go, uh, studying music at university. So that okay. was kind of like my, that was my big thing really. Um, golf was just a little hobby on the side. So yeah, it was only much further down the line. You know, obviously I started doing covers and stuff on YouTube just because like I was playing these songs. So I thought I might as well record them and put them out there. Um, and like I say, I didn't really get much traction because there's so many people out there doing the same thing who are a lot better than me. So uh, <laughs> then at some point I just, got this idea to do a song about golf I thought well okay maybe no one else is really doing this so yeah. you know let's try something different um, 
and that just took off from there. So yeah. that makes sense. So, so with the music thing, I mean, obviously the music degree. What was it you wanted to go into? What was it you wanted to be? Or was it just a case of, I'm good at this, I might as well try and yeah, see if it's a profession I can forge out of it? It was very much the latter. I mean, I never really kind of went in, I never went to university thinking, okay, I'm going to get my music degree and I'm going to do, going to do this. It was like, okay, music's the only thing I'm good, good at. So <laughs> I'm going to do a music degree and then I'll figure it out later on. And I never really did figure it out, you know. Um, I mean, I've got a full-time job, but I work for a, a sheet music publisher, which is kind of a little niche in the music world. So that's, you know, that, and it's actually quite hard to get a job in music, you know. So I was going to say, that, that is a route into music. Exactly, it's a route, but there's, there's not, so I was lucky to get that, really. But, um, but yeah, so I never really had any real idea, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this. And it just, yeah, what, what happens, happens is kind of like more of my kind of theory on that. Makes sense. So <laughs> piano is obviously my instrument. Are you one of these musicians that can just pick up anything and, and have a bash at it, or? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I the first band that I was ever in, I played drums in. Okay. Um, and then I used to strum a bit of guitar, you know, when I was at school, like everyone does, right? Yeah. Um, and I used to play cello uh, when I was at university as well, but I, I never really, you know, it came to a point where I was like, but I that one time. gets the girls, did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but yeah, so it got to the point where I was like, you know, I haven't got time to actually dedicate myself to two instruments. So the cello yeah. was the one to go because pianos are so much more versatile and so much more you can do with it. So. <laughs> it's, you're not lumping it around either. Exactly. So the piano yeah, is fixed. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, realistically then, so, so did you ever sort of think you could get into music as a professional musician? Was that something that you had an ambition for? Was, was that sort of the route you wanted to take or was it a little bit less than that? Yeah, obviously? I mean, there was a time where I kind of thought, you know, my dream job would have been like to be like a singer-songwriter. You know, I used to write my own songs uh, and stuff sort of, after, you know, during university, after university. And I kind of thought that would be the dream, like, okay, if if some, somehow people start liking my music and buying my music, that I might be able to make it as a music. But I kind of, I knew in my heart of hearts that that was a big long shot. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rock hard. I mean, the yeah. thing is, it's like, what you find with music is the supremely talented get on and then the supremely untalented <laughs> get on and everything in between. You can have brilliant musicians, brilliant talent, and they just get nowhere near the break. And obviously, I mean, to be fair, X Factor and mm. things like that haven't helped that. I mean, I think it's restored a little bit in the last few years since X Factor's been canned. <laughs> We're starting to see a bit more talent. <laughs> yeah, through. I know. I mean, I know a lot of really talented musicians, much more talented than me, who haven't made it in the music uh, music world. Who, who you know, probably harboured dreams of of making yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I hear you for sure. <laughs> so obviously, with golf, uh, you sort of you know, as, as a kid, you've got into it. You've got into the pitch and put. Um, did you sort of watch much golf on the telly as a kid growing up and, and is that sort of where your th you know sort of passion for it came from yeah well she used to watch the majors you know I remember sitting down I remember watching uh, must have been I guess I was probably about 13 so maybe say 95, 96 Open and Masters I remember watching with my dad um, so I always used to watch those I didn't used to watch kind of the regular tour events until that probably started about 15 years ago I reckon uh, I started pro properly like watching pretty much everything uh, which yeah. I now do but uh, yeah back yeah, when I was a kid yeah the majors and I, yeah, I used to love watching you know watching these 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 supremely talented golfers and thinking oh, that would be cool if you could be that good 
but again, knowing that that's never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, was there ever, ever sort of a moment where you thought, I wonder if I could go and like, you know, be involved in golf in one way or another as, as a capacity, like you know, because sort of, there's plenty of jobs around golf that aren't just golfers. I know it never really, never really struck me to be honest. Something because no. I was because I was never actually talented at all at golf. You know, I really, just, <laughs> I, I was, I've always been bad. So I, I kind of, I think that most of the people who end up working in golf. I've got a I've reasonable been, ability. They're normally good at golf. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, never really, never really a thing that I kind of thought. Oh yeah, I could go into the golf world. So it's funny that I've kind of ended up, you know, sort of in half, the golf half world. in the golf world. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're definitely, you're firmly yeah. in the golf world, Sam. There's no doubts in my head. Um, so what's your sort of favourite thing about golf? What you know, if, if someone sort of said to you, right, if there's one thing about golf that drives you to the game and you think you know helps you explain the game to other people, what what would it be? The thing that I enjoy the most about it. Yeah. I think it's just, I, I just love the kind of serenity of around a golf, that you're just out, you know, you know, all your kind of worries, all your kind of stresses, your work, every, whatever it is, kind of goes away when you're on a golf course. Yeah. It's just a, a sort of escapism. Yes. Uh, and then the other thing, the second thing is that there's all, every day, every round you play could be your best round ever, right? Yeah. There's always that potential that it could be, even if you went and shot a 59, which you or I is never, never going to do. You could still, you could still hit fifty-eight. You know, yeah. You could always, you could always be your best round ever. Which I've kind of liked about that. There's always you're driving against your own personal, personal best. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like a self-torture. I find with golf. I mean, I've played golf for the best part of I don't know, 10, 11 years, and there's days where I stand in the golf course. And I'm like, what am I doing here? And, and you want to smash the tree, you want yep. to smash everything to bits, but it's exactly that, you've, you've nailed it in one, it's that possibility that, oh hang on, I've had three good holes here, I've, I've got two pars and a birdie, I'm, I'm flying, yep. and you can go from completely awful <laughs> to brilliant in, in a moment. Yep. Um, so obviously, you've, you know, you've, you've nailed that point with golf, and obviously it's sort of part of your life. Um, so you watch every tour event now, Definitely. So, what, uh, I'd say I watch every every PGA Tour event because they're the ones that are in the evening here. It's like the perfect time for us to watch it and sit down in the evening, put it on for a few hours. And I try and watch as much of the DP World Tour as uh, I yeah. can. Although sometimes, because of the timing, it's kind of a block in the middle of the day, and you got like young kids that I've got. You know, you're kind yeah. of out doing stuff. So I end up kind of maybe dipping in and out of that a bit more. But oh, yeah. yeah, PGA Tour, I certainly watch every week. So, yeah. does your wife enjoy golf? She hates it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's no no love for golf. So, whatsoever. do you have a little room for yourself out of the way where well, you put the golf? Well, on typically, or? what we, typically what we do is we're watching like a, a box set or something on the on the big TV, and I've got the iPad there, like on, <laughs> on, on mute in front yeah. of me. <laughs> so I'm pretending I'm watching the TV, but I'm actually watching the golf. I can understand that sound, as, as someone that will often sit watching golf with people that don't like watching golf. It's yeah. It's very much the iPad comes. You need a second screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, have, have you been to many sort of tour events? Is that something you've you've tried to get to? Or? I haven't been to many actually. So I've been to uh, over here. I've been to Wentworth a couple of times over here. Um, not for a little while, mind. And then in the states, uh, I went to Bethpage one year that they had the Barclays there, one of the FedEx Cup events. I remember going to that. I was yep. probably about. That was probably a good 15 years ago now, actually. Um, and and then I went to, well, uh, professionally, I guess, I went to the President's Cup in uh, in September, just gone, which was which was pretty awesome. So, yeah, that, that's all I've, that's we'll all I've been to. Come on to that. I've got yeah. a few questions about the President's Cup. But yeah, so that's, that, that, but that's all I've, all I've been to in terms of tour events. But, you know, I, I plan to go to more this year, if I can. If you get allowed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you get a free pass. Yeah. Um, 
So, am I right in thinking you run a, well, you did run a golf tips website? I did, yeah, yeah, that, a while ago, yeah. Trying to bash the been. bookies every week. Yeah, so that was probably, I reckon I set that up probably 2011, I think, and I did that for maybe four or five years. Um, and then it just got to a point where, and I was doing pretty well actually, the first couple of years I, I did really well, and then it sort of tapered off. And yeah. it kind of, me ta- my, my success tapering off also came at the same point where I was like, God, this is so much work, like every week without our preview. <laughs> stressful. That I just kind of thought, actually, you know what, I kind of, you know, I need to, I, I, can't, I just can't, I can't spend the time on this anymore. Did you get many people sort of using that website? And, and it built up a bit of a community, actually. Yeah, yeah, built up a bit. And really, actually, that, that kind of following was what I kind of uh, took, took with me when I started doing the music stuff. There were still there were people who'd followed me for the golf, for the golf betting, but they, they're obviously golf enthusiasts as well so that kind of helped me when I put out the first song I already had a bit of a following from from those old days so actually in a way it was like a springboard that I had that already yeah, say, so, so yeah, straight away you've got a few people. Yeah, a few oh, people. I, I know, Sam. You're not like you're not sort of sending something out and no one's no one's listening. You know, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Um, favorite golfer? Do I need to ask that question, or is it obvious? No, no, it's really not obvious. And you know what? And 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 you know, don't judge me for this, but it's actually changed recently because. Well, what's Tony um, done? Well, <laughs> no, well, so growing up, and I confess, growing up, it was always Phil Mickelson. Okay. Um, because yeah. I'm a left-hander, and he was a person. If I was watching like the Masters, uh, whatever, and he, you know, he was the guy I was rooting for because he was guys like me, right? He played from that side of the ball, but not not many people did. Yeah. Um, and he's very creative. He's you know, he's oh, really he's, he's a great player. Best chipper in the world. Exactly. I mean, he did by a mile. Yeah. He'll drive into the trees and then he'll hit it to like three feet and he may miss the putt, you know, he's just, he's, so he's a great player to watch. Um, it, like kind of recent events, I've kind of started to question like, I don't know, <laughs> it just, but yeah, it's a, it, it was we'll a lot of that juicy things. stuff as well. It's, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of that. But then Tony, obviously with, with what happened with Tony Fino, um, when I did the first song about him and he, you know, engaged with it he kind of commented yeah. and everything and I really just that lifted the whole thing and, and that was amazing really because had he not done that that wouldn't I don't think any of this would have really happened because that it was the fact that he retweeted it to like his followers that, yeah, made, yeah. that suddenly gave it that much much bigger exposure yeah. and also he was almost he was also saying to people he was almost saying this is great you should listen you know yeah. so that really that helped me. So he, yeah, he, overnight he became my favourite golfer. That. <laughs> I see. So, so I was right. He's Tony. Yeah, it is Tony. Yeah, yeah. No, he hasn't done anything. So yeah, no. it's, it's remained him since that day. Tony, you'll be relieved to know. <laughs> Your place is safe. Number one spot. Um, brilliant. So, so yeah, obviously Tony Fino. Um, he, he's. I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, very sort of personable guy. You, you listen to him. You, you see him. Um, a couple of years ago, obviously, you came up with the idea of when will Tony Fino win again? He'd gone a few years without winning a PGA Tour event, um, and for some reason or other, you decided on the 7th of February 2020, yeah. I'm going to release this video. And this was pre-COVID, so people yeah. weren't locked up. Yeah. What, what was the inspiration <laughs> for that? Where did it come from? I'm, I'm, just, I'm, yeah. just, I'm a little bit sort of... Uh, lost as to how that happened Sam <laughs> honestly I, w- I wish I could tell you that the moment that I had kind of had it this it clicked but I just I, I've, of- I've often kind of come up with songs in my head about like friends and family like you know kind of re- rewording a well known song to kind of take the, take the mick out of someone <laughs> Brilliant. I've, that's something I've always done um, and I just I don't know I just got this idea in my head I, I think so that the song that I, used, that I parody Can't Fight This Feeling had just been used on the John Lewis advert yes. that, that Christmas before, so it was a couple of months before. Um, 
So maybe it was somewhere that song was in my subconscious, <laughs> then the melody was in my subconscious, and then I started thinking, God, Tony Fiona, you know, you like, started buying five or six toasters a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking, you know, he, he, you know, this guy is supremely talented, and he hasn't won much. He's won once, and it was for however many years previously, you know, like four years, and he'd had all these run-off finishes, and he just finished second at the, just lost in the playoff at the Phoenix Open. And I just sort of got this idea, when will Tony Fina win again to that tune? I just get, like literally that tune <laughs> came in my head. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, well, you know what? Like, I'll, I'm just going to flesh this out. I'm going to do two verses, two choruses, uh, and I'll, you know, if it's any, and if it's any good, I'll record it. And I, I, once I'd written the, the lyrics down, I thought, oh, okay, actually, this people might like this. Yeah. You know, they may not, but they might. So I thought, there's nothing to lose. Let's just put, it, let's record it. I'll put it up on my Twitter. It might get, you know, it might get ten likes. It might get a thousand likes. Who knows? Yep. And it just, yeah, it just blew up. And so that was completely unexpected, really, because you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I kind of thought, oh yeah, some of my fellow kind of golf nerds might appreciate it, but I yeah, didn't yeah. think it would kind of break through into this sort of into the wider golf community. I think people like. like parody things. Those, it's like it, there's a beauty to it because it is an art form mm. to be able to rip off a song and, and then change the lyrics completely to make it sound yeah. about something completely different. I think that is an art. I think that's something that... I, I, I've got mates that are good musicians that can do it, that can, you know, sort of off the top of their head throw a song out and I'm like, wow, that was, that's impressive. And I, I think that's sort of... You know, if, if you get the right place to put that, mm. you're going to get success. Yeah. And, and I suppose you could say that about a lot of things, but yeah, um, maybe so. Although the, the strange thing is, the the you know I've seen other people doing it in other worlds where it doesn't get the sort of the same traction, and I don't know whether that's because I'm kind of I, I wonder if there's two things. Maybe because golf uh, doesn't have I didn't really have anyone else doing that at the time, not that I was aware of anyway. Yeah. And secondly, because golf is this kind of very traditional, quite sort of slow game you know and there's so much it's room golf needed a bit it. of a bit of color exactly i think that's it it kind of like it's the sort of game that you know there's there's so much space to actually put something in like that do you know what i mean it's not like football where it's all like you know you get your 90 minutes it's awful i just it felt like golf is just that slow pace that needs something to every now and again just lift it. I'm, I'm just delighted that it was someone who was british that did it as well because i think the british sort of feel about golf and obviously we're sat in a golf club now mm. uh, is that generally britain is about you know sort of traditional values you know oh you can't wear trainers in a golf club you can't do this you can't yeah. do that it's like a list of what you can't do rather than a list of what you can and then look at us here wearing trainers in a golf club I mean. jeans, jeans and trainers <laughs> in a golf club thanks Merrick Park we do appreciate it <laughs> um, but realistically what, what I'm saying is that if you look at it you know sort of everyone is always quite oh well you're British and, and particularly in America I mean obviously I've, I've travelled to America a number of times mm. you always get the do you know the Queen sort of nonsense <laughs> you know the traditionalist stuff Yeah. and I think that's where you've broke a boundary there because they've gone oh hang on he's taking the mick out of golf yeah. <laughs> and, and he's English and it's like I think that sort of it shows that there's a progression there you know a little bit more life to it whereas you go to America and like, they'll do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to golf it's events in America. A good point. Uh, it is very much mashed potato, yeah. get in the hole, all that yeah. stuff. And, and you're like, come on, mate, really? <laughs> <laughs> you see a load of like, pissed off British blokes just stood there with their arms across going. I, I think on. there is, I think there's that. And I think there's also like the kind of, we have a slightly different humour, don't we, this side of the, uh, of the pond, you know? And Which I think we kind of, of like, yeah, it's sort of more, more sort of subtle, a bit, you know, a bit more kind of nuanced. And, and, and I think, people responded to that as well whereas if you're kind of going out there and you're deliberately 
almost deliberately being overtly funny or kind yeah. of you know you're hamming it up too much and I don't think people <laughs> responded it so well but because it's kind of like done you know in this kind of understated way I think uh, you know it sounds very serious when I'm playing I'm, it sounds like a very serious song yes but it's not I think that's the that's maybe why it worked I don't know uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's I mean I would say it's a mystery but I really enjoy them <laughs> so it's, it's not a mystery because I, I think they're fantastic but I, I listen to them I'm like this has got everything that I want in one place do you know what I mean it's, it's, like, it's perfect um, obviously you followed up the Tony Fino song with songs about Anthony Kim Bryson Justin yep. Rose I mean obviously it's a long list now of players that have, uh, have sort of been covered yep. um, have you had any, any players on any tour request a song off you <laughs> You know what? The only one that's the only one that's happening actually wasn't from the player himself, but Justin Rose's manager actually got in touch. Oh, really? and he said, "Yeah, it's Justin's turning forty in like a week's time. Would you be able to do a song?" I was like, "That's not very long to turn around a song." <laughs> I mean, it's possible, but I was just like, at that time, I think I was going away or something. I was like, it was going to be really tight, and I just yeah. said to him, "Look." I love Justin Rose I'll do a song about him at some point but I don't think I'm going to be able to do it for his 40th so in the end I put that out I think it was about a year later that I ended up doing a song for his 41st for his 41st yeah. so I think that's the only time it's been requested like, oh Colt, Colt Nost got in touch and he said well you've got to do a song about me and I said oh that's not how it works you got you have to nominate someone else you know you say oh I think you should do a song about you know my mate you know JT or something then I, then I might do it but you can't request one about yourself right? no I was going to say I think that, that it'd be unlikely but you never know yeah Go Golf is a strange world. That's at true. Times. Yeah. Um, Augusta National got a song. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did a song about Augusta back in. Yeah, that was that was that kind of weird year, wasn't it? Where nothing was happening, and, and you know the Masters happened in November. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I was just mud at balls, that point. Mud balls at Augusta. That's right. I mean, at that point, I was just sat at home. You know like everyone not really doing much I was like I've got to do a song about uh, I've got to do a song about this tournament you know it's my favourite event yep. you know I've, I've, I've actually got a bit of time on my hands I'm going to do one yeah. did anyone from Augusta ever acknowledge it or mention it or not that I'm aware of no no, no. I'm sure somewhere in Butler's cabin someone's yeah, watched maybe. that on a YouTube the, video and gone, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they might not have liked a couple of the lines but yeah, <laughs> yeah there's definitely going to be a photo of you somewhere at Augusta don't let him in cross over the face yeah. <laughs> you and everyone else that's tried to smuggle a phone in yeah yeah um, so are there any reactions that have come from the players that you've sort of sung songs about or any events that you've sung songs about that involve them that have made you sit up and go wow what is going on here you know yeah. so what, why, why am I getting this reaction I mean actually a lot is the honest really? answer a lot uh, especially in those in that first year there were so many times where I'd put a song out and then maybe not the subject of the song, but someone else on tour would say, oh, I love this or whatever, you know, I'd like to do a song about, uh, I, can't remember, I think it was my Victor de Buisson one. And then, like, you know, later that day, it was like, you know, there was uh, Ian Poulter like, saying, oh, this is great. Uh, there was Nick Faldo, I think, said, oh, yeah, I love this. You know, there's all these names like kind Nick of. Nick Faldo is quite a big fan of you, isn't he? <laughs> he's a couple of times that he's like kind of, you know, he's like sort of retweeted my songs, which is, yeah. Which is I mean, that crazy. must be quite a, a big moment for you. Yeah, like, I think I'd be took aback if Cynic was. Uh... Yeah, I mean, all these ones are pin pinch yourself moments, really. And then, but then the best one uh, of all has got to be Ben Arn when I did the song about him. And then he got the, the the lyrics to the chorus engraved on his wedge, which I now have got in my in my uh, in my outhouse at home. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, he got he um, so the, the chorus is Benny Ann, he puts like he's got glass eyes, yeah. and he got his wedge, he got his Vokey wedge 
stamped with those words. <laughs> and I, I sent him a message about six months later and I said, because I know how quickly they get through wedges, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, you still got that wedge, you know, yeah. would you mind, like, you know, would you mind sending, I know it's a cheeky request, would you mind sending it over? And he said, oh, actually my, um, my caddy is from the UK, you know, but next time he's over, I'll bring it, bring it with him. And he did. And he, and he Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's, that's just sitting at home and that's like, a, I need some, I need some way to kind of display it. I haven't found any, a, a way to, I feel like I need to do it justice. Have you spoke but... to the wife about that? Yeah, well, that's exactly that's going to be the next challenge, isn't it? You're not putting you that know. up in the living room. <laughs> so Move all these kids' certificates out of the way. Look at this. <laughs> uh, no, that, that, I mean that is a great story. To be fair, that is um, not what I was expecting. I mean, it's quite a weird one. Yeah. Um, obviously, so so far, the format is you put out a YouTube video, everyone watches it, and you know, sort of, you get a reaction from the golfing world about it. But obviously, uh, you've also gone to America, you've been approached by the US Open, yeah. President's Cup, uh, PJ Golf it's crazy, isn't Tour it? Show in Orlando. I, th I think that's when we actually spoke to you. I think you were in Orlando oh, that yeah. weekend. Yes. Um, yeah. So, how is all, all that sort of stuff? And, and realistically, what's the plans? I mean, I, I'm guessing you were never expecting any of that. No, not at all. Um, not one all bit. All of a sudden, yeah. now you're the, the go-to guy for the tour, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure many more events will be looking to add Sam Harrop to the. Uh, to yeah, the that'd be good, isn't it? If you're listening, <laughs> no, um, it was weird. I mean, the first one, the first one was the the USGA. You know, got in touch about the US Open um, in 2021. Uh, what was it 22? Oh god, I could, yeah, it was 21. Yeah, it was 21. Yeah. Um, and they said, you know, we'd like you to come out to Torrey Pines. Um, we're gonna there's, we're gonna have a stage on the side of the course, and you, you can do some songs at the end of each, you know, each day's play. We're kind of wrapping up what's what's happened. Uh, and there was two things that struck me. The first thing was like, wow, is this a dream? And then <laughs> secondly, I was like, how am I going to turn around a song in literally about two hours? <laughs> um, but as it happened, uh, because of COVID and stuff. I couldn't get over there, so yeah. we ended up having to do it virtually. So I did, but I did, I did three songs virtually. I did a kind of preview song, which obviously had time to kind of work on before the event. I had one at the halfway point, which I <laughs> did have to turn around very quickly. That's a bit of a nightmare. And then I had one at the, uh, you know, winner's song at the end for for John Rum, which again I had to sort of, you know, put together like really quickly. So that was yeah. that was the hardest gig I've ever done in terms of being, having to put those songs together so quickly. But also, that was uh, you know amazing, like such a huge. You know, a, a huge organisation and such a huge tournament to actually end up doing some kind it's of a fantastic major as well. And yeah. to be asked by the US Open, I mean, that's, you know, yeah. the USGA, I mean, they're notoriously, you know, the sticklers, aren't they? They want their tournament won on a plus number. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's right. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like, I I like, like that. it as well. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want minus 23 yeah. winning majors, I want plus one because, you know, <laughs> it shows it's been a horrific week. Right with you. Yeah. Um, especially as, you know, a high handicap golfer. Yeah. Because <laughs> you watch him and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I, I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could have done that. Oh, yeah, we problem. can all do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you've had uh, some requests. President's Cup as well. You actually went to the President's Cup. Yeah, so that, that was an incredible experience. Yeah, so uh, that all came about because Trevor, this is another weird pinch yourself moment. Trevor Immelman sent me a message <laughs> and he said, I'd like you to do a song about my international team. Um, and this was about a year before the President's Cup. And I was like, absolutely, I'll totally do it. Yeah. And I said to him, look, if there's any way that I can get out there and do the song, maybe I can do the song in a, in a team room or something, you know, that would be an amazing experience for me if there's any way you can make that happen. And he was like, 
I don't know if I can, you know, for various reasons, but he said, why don't you speak to the PJ Tour um, and see if they'll somehow support it? Yeah, yeah. So I managed to get in touch with someone at the PJ Tour and, and uh, you know, had a couple of meetings with them. And, and the idea in the end was I'll do a song for both teams. That's where it's, that way it's kind of fair, you know, um, there's that kind of parity. Uh, and then and then I can go and then, and then perform them on the first tee in this huge sort of built out stadium they've got before the players tee off, you know, so. That, How was that? Absolutely <laughs> unreal. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I've never been as nervous in my life, I'm honest, but I, I got through it. It sounds nerve-wracking. Just yeah, like, absolutely. Really here now, I, I can absolutely appreciate you must have been five oh, times nervous than what I can imagine. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. But but I got through it and it was amazing. You know, it was such an adrenaline rush. Yeah. You know, when you're kind of doing the song and then, you know, there's, I do a certain line. You know, there was a line about, you know, when, when JT slams his beer in the ground, which obviously he'd done it at the Ryder Cup, and yep. then this big cheer goes up, you know, in the yeah, middle of the song. Yeah, yeah. So it really... Got it a good really, reaction then. It really, yeah, it really did. So that, that was an amazing experience. And then on that same trip, I got to sit down with some of the players. I've seen them in interviews. Them to sing, yeah. To, yeah, to get the songs, you know, to, to put the songs together. Um, <laughs> How know, was that? Which was, which was great. And again, surreal kind of meeting these people, like literally face to face, you know, yeah. as far away, you know, as you are from me now. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, they're actually slightly longer interviews. I, I, I sat down with each of them for about sort of five minutes or so. So there's other stuff that hasn't actually kind of been released. But uh, yeah. the only bit that people have seen is kind of that bit really where I get, get them to sing and, you know, a bit around the song. But um, but that was... Yeah, JT was not singing, was he? He was not. <laughs> he was not. But happy. It's funny, actually, because a couple of people messaged me and, and sort of said, oh, you know, he comes across a bit, you know, he comes, comes across as a bit of a dick. And I was like, he really, <laughs> like, he really wasn't, though. No, like, he, was, he was so he was so he was so nice about it and, and funny. And kind of the way it was edited down made it maybe made it seem like he was like no I'm not singing but I feel really like he gets from. a lot of that I feel like yeah, he, he's, yeah. he's one of them people who like in public every, like everyone's ever spoke to him or anyone that's on the tour always says great guy yeah and then you see like a clip of him and you're like ooh yeah I know it's, <laughs> this, it's weird how maybe the way he comes across on uh, on T I don't know but yeah for me and you know and then the third thing that happened which again uh, I'll explain more about the JT thing was on the, the night Two nights before the tournament, they had this VIP reception in the hotel that the, all the players were staying in, and they got me to perform both songs there. All the players are there with the, you know, with the wags uh, in this in this room. It's literally just them, the wags, a few corporate sponsors, and then some like high-end people like Jay Monahan and uh, and like you know Seth Warren. The tour commissioner. Like yeah, I mean all <laughs> yeah. of that. It's all the kind of real bigwigs, and I'm doing these two songs, and then just before I get up, I'm literally walking walking up there, and I go past. JT, at this point I'm feeling really nervous like yeah. really nervous because even more maybe even more nervous than I was for the actual performance on the uh, in the stadium because I get more nervous when it's a smaller crowd that are going to be watching you Intense. rather than yeah. this kind of slightly bigger crowd where they're kind of some people are watching some people are just cheering so I was really nervous and I walked past JT and I said mate give me some words of encouragement because I need them right now and he's like mate you're going to smash it you'll be fine which really actually helped it, kind of, it, like, it really like settled me so and JT was your cabbie <laughs> and then afterwards I went and I said, "Oh, thanks so much for that." And we had a, we had a, we chatted for about five minutes, and I, and we yeah. talked about how ner you know like nerves and how they they affect it. And he said, "Oh, you know, everyone feels nervous. You know, you know, I feel nervous. You know, with, with uh, when I you know go out for a tee shot on the you know, Ryder Cup or Presidents Cup or whatever. It's just how you kind of control those nerves and you know what you do." And I remember him saying, like, you know, 
when you see people on the first tier of the Ryder Cup, you know, there's a reason that they pretty much always hit driver because it's a lot easier when you're nervous to hit to hit a drive, get a solid contact with a driver than yeah. it is with a free iron or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, well, which is quite interesting, you know. <laughs> so I kind of thought, you know, so they, they obviously do feel it, you know. Yeah. But they can just control it a lot better than. That's why there's no par threes on the first hole of many Ryder Cups <laughs> for that so, reason. Yeah. Much of that pitching wedge in your hand. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, so yeah, so, I mean, I can't believe that JT was your caddy. To be fair, that's, brilliant. that's absolutely brilliant. Words of encouragement. Yeah. Talk, talking to you about anything but, but singing. Yeah. <laughs> um, funniest moment for you then of the last few? Obviously, there's plenty of pinch yourself moments where you've gone, "What is this world that I've landed in?" and, and how has this happened? Yeah. Um, but are there any moments that stand out for you as, as being like particularly funny, humorous moments where you're like, "What is going on here?" Then. I mean, honestly, you know, I hate to repeat myself, but it was that Ben Arn thing because I, I remember yeah. when I, you know, I just done that song um, and it was getting like people see, people seemed to really like it, and then I just played around the golf and I was walking off the 18th hole and I just checked my phone, and then there's this <laughs> picture from from him that he's posted on on Twitter of this wedge with yeah, the, yeah. the lyrics, and I was just like, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was just absolutely cackling, so it was hilarious, but also I was like, that's so weird, <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> no, he's brilliant. Um, so golf obviously is now trying to diversify itself and make itself more in tune with the, with the rest of the world like I say it's going yeah. away from the traditionalist more towards the modern day let's try and get more people involved in golf which yeah. is great yeah. um, and Netflix have, have jumped on board with that uh, with their sort of drive to survive style yeah. full swing um, interesting <laughs> very interesting documentary obviously yeah. of all years they could have chosen to follow the PJ tour and in particular golfers like Ian Poulter around mm -hmm. and Brooks Kepka. yeah <laughs> um, have, you, have you seen it and, and sort of what's your biggest takeaways from, from that documentary yeah I've seen it I've seen it twice over and uh, yeah. I love I mean me personally I absolutely love it because I love seeing the kind of those the, the golfers kind of behind behind the scene or outside of the ropes because you don't really get to see them you're only ever seen them on the course, or you might see a little interview afterwards where you don't really get a real insight. They're always corporate, aren't they, golfers? Exactly. They're, they can't really say much, or they're just they're talking about the round. So actually, as soon as you see those people outside of that, I really like it. And obviously, they know there's cameras around, so you never know quite how much of it is kind of for the cameras or how much is it's just you know that genuine. But uh, but I, I love seeing that side of them. And my biggest takeaways are, I mean. Control Dame and, uh, and, and Gino's caddy, that episode I thought was brilliant. But that's just, my favourite episode of, of, of watching, that's my favourite episode. Good choice, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. just so, I mean, they're, they're both so relatable and because he's kind of like, he's not, you know, he's not in the kind of the top 10 or whatever, you know, I think he's ranked 17. Well, I think, he, I think his quote was, someone's got to be the 17th that's right. best golfer in the world, it might as well be me. Exactly, which is a great <laughs> quote. But he, he sort of, he's, he's very kind of self-deprecating, isn't he? And he kind of yeah. comes across as like this guy who, He's obviously a supremely talented golfer, but he still kind of doubts his own ability, which you get you can and, kind and of he's like been through it. some shit as well to get to where he is. Yeah. And, and it's like uh, how he's dealt with the adversity to get to the level. Exactly. Like, oh my god. And yeah, cancer survivor. You know, it's just that yeah. everything about his story is just is kind of inspirational and and also pretty amazing. Yeah? And the other thing I love about that episode is the, the episode is called Imposter Syndrome, yes. which is something that I feel every day when I'm doing stuff, like you know, <laughs> getting a message from, you know, like a, uh, you know, a, like, a like from Nick Faldo or like I'm meeting, you know, Max Homer or whatever, you know, all these things. It's like imposter syndrome is just the, my life at the moment. That seems to be mentioned quite a lot on our podcast. Maybe the people we're approaching, they've all said the same thing so far. They've all said, yeah, I'll get massive imposter syndrome. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe we should have called the podcast yeah, called imposter, it that, syndrome. imposter Syndrome. A <laughs> couple, couple of pints, imposter syndrome. Um, 
So, yeah, like I say, it's good to see golf getting the coverage it deserves. I mean, one of my uh, one of the moments that I found quite funny was uh, during I think it was the Ian Poulter episode. Is the choice of music, and you would have absolutely picked up on this being a musician, his big bag of money. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the live tour yeah. is announced, um, and obviously all of the golfers are going uh, over to England to play in the first live tour event. Yeah. Um, yeah, some good, yeah. good music choices in, in, in the whole series, actually. Yeah, that's probably the, I think that was the best. It was yeah. sort of the creme de la creme. Um, are we going to see Sam Harrop in season two? I, d- I doubt it to be honest I mean uh, you know, it'd be great wouldn't it but Netflix I think if you're listening the, yeah, the only way I could see it happening is if, if someone you know if I'd done a song about someone and they happened to be filming them when they were watching it which I think is very unlikely so you know you never know I mean yeah. I think to be fair it's quite a strange one because like, they just pick random golfers don't they like, yeah, yeah. there's a top few but then there's like a few others a couple of down the list I mean, yeah um, so you never know, but that'd be cool, wouldn't it, to tick off the, the Netflix uh, box? Yeah, that, that, that's the next. That's got to be the next step. Um, well, actually, to be fair, I, I guess the next step for you, and I don't know if you've been approached. Obviously, I know nothing about this. Is Ryder Cup? Yeah, Team Europe. You are. You know, you've got to be writing the song for Team Europe. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, if you're listening, no. <laughs> so I have actually have. I have actually had a meeting with the Ryder Cup people about this, and I can't say anything because it's not. Nothing has been confirmed. no exclusives this but, week. <laughs> unfortunately, not. But but that's the that's my idea is to, to try and do a team song. Um, okay. And it's whether or not I think ultimately it's it, ultimately the decision lies with Luke himself as to whether yeah. or not he you know he wants that. I think everything is all obviously I could just do one off my own back well Luke loves but, America so you know Luke he can do both teams yeah I think yeah, <laughs> but you know what I realise it's like maybe I need to I think I need to lean into the Europe, Europe thing rather than trying to do both President's Cup I kind of worked because it was like they were, I, was, I, was, yeah. I was completely neutral you know yeah uh, on paper yeah, you, you can't be right in the American but with that, I have to, yeah I've got to stick with the European I think but yeah so the, yeah I think there's, if it's going to be anything that the Ryder Cup you know, if it's going to be out there doing the song there or yeah. I know in team room or something then I've absolutely no doubts you're going to Rome at the end of September I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair if they are listening a couple of points I'm more than happy to go as well we're, we we're happy to be there we plus, want to interview plus, players plus fans yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, it would be that would be incredible and you know I touch wood it may, it may just happen but not yet I would say nothing is confirmed yet I've just put out the early feelers on that I, I can't fault you like I say I mean even if not this one next one maybe, maybe know, in the back, future back to America Who knows, yeah. 2028 is in Hazel time in, in Minnesota oh, that'll be a good one <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm hoping that by then this podcast takes me to that one <laughs> yeah. way or another yeah, yeah. <laughs> touch wood um, just going back to full swing as well one thing I really liked is the episode where Matt Fitzpatrick is followed around yeah and when he's leading at the PGA uh, it's after day three he's got the golf journalist who, who went to college oh, Dan Rappaport yes the US Open you mean but yeah no it was the PGA oh sorry the one, oh, the yeah, one before oh yes yeah, I'm with he you. comes sorry. in and, of course. and, and, and yeah, he yeah. turns to him and goes oh you're going to bottle it anyway tomorrow oh yeah <laughs> which I was, was like a bit, oh, yeah. I bet he hated himself oh, the next day yeah, um, yeah, yeah of course yeah they followed that first and then it was the US Open which of course he won yeah that's... but I quite, I quite liked the um, the sort of dynamic where Matt Fitzpatrick opened the door to him and went oh Netflix are here to be honest I forgot they were here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're like what, a full camera crew sort of coming around and was that well, that, that was where Thomas Peters was there as well right in the yes same, that's in the right same, Thomas Peters was just sat on the yeah. breakfast bar just yeah. like chilling um, but obviously I mean that whole sort of dynamic where they've got Matt Fitzpatrick the week that he won the US Open yeah, that's, that's I mean, pretty cool yeah what an incredible guy what an incredible golfer um, very very kind of again very sort of down to earth 
not at all you know you wouldn't think that he was whatever rank he is in the world now I, could, I, I couldn't tell you he must be you know floating around the 10-15 mark but you wouldn't yeah. think you wouldn't think that from when you when you kind of when when he's interviewed or he just comes across as just like a kind of like I think to be fair that's quite a tradition with the English golfers like, yeah you're right I mean, actually there's not many that I look at that I go Oh, he's a big head. You know, he's, he's maybe, a bit maybe Polter. <laughs> Pol- Polts is all. He's just Polts, and yeah, 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 he's, that's right. He's, 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 he's good. Okay. I mean, he's he's like he's larger than life, and he always has been. Yeah. Um, anyone that wears some of the things that he wears on golf courses, I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> he's often gone up and dressed like a jockey. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing here? Um, but I think that's like the thing with like. Particularly the Sheffield boys like Willett and Fitzpatrick. I mean, when Danny Willett won the Masters, like for me, I was like in my element because everything about him winning that major was like it just felt like he'd just won, you know, the local parks championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's there in the green jacket at Wimbledon. Yeah, <laughs> Danny, you are taking the yeah, piss, yeah. mate. <laughs> no, it's true. They are. I think a lot of the English guys are quite, you know, like Tommy Fleetwood is, is the same, yeah. right? Well, he plays golf with Pep. Pep Guardiola. Oh right, yeah, so of course, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, it's his golfing buddy, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it? it's not bad. Um, big bag of money in that episode of, uh, of Full Swing. Obviously, that was referencing uh, the breakaway tour from the PGA Tour. So, if, if people aren't golf fans, apologies for watching this episode. Um, <laughs> however, uh, the breakaway tour is called Live Golf. Uh, it's the Live Golf Tour or Live Golf League. Yeah, actually, Live I think. Golf League. Yeah. Have you seen why they haven't got? at Live Golf on Twitter. Oh, yeah, this is like, uh, there's, a, there's a young girl, isn't there? Some young girl from Wales that wants uh, to lower handicap her handicap or something. Yeah, yeah. She wants to lower her handicap. Um, so I think Live Golf is at Live Golf underscore league, <laughs> officially. You see, you would have thought they'd come in with a big offer to buy her Twitter handle. You I love the fact so. that maybe, maybe they came in and said, we're going to give you five million. She's like, no, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> well, they keep that Twitter handle, not a chance. Um, but yes, so Live Golf has, has appeared. It, it's effectively, it, it's like a European Super League style um, breakaway tour, which, you know, it, it's allowed golfers to relinquish their PJ Tour membership and break away from the daily grind. Yeah. <laughs> to steal the phrase from yourself. Hey, that's <laughs> it, yes. Well remembered. <laughs> uh, believe me, I've watched them videos a million times because they get better every time I watch. There's little things I pick up. Um, but yes, so Live Golf has come in and taken some of the best players in the world, not all of them, and put them in a, a new competition, a 54-hole setup, um, a little bit sort of different to the traditional golf format. Golf but louder is their terminology yeah. um, and their ethos. And I think that there are definitely sort of reasons to change golf. There's, there's certainly some credence in that mm-hmm. argument, um, but ultimately. Where do you sit with Live Golf? Uh, is the first question, and then obviously we, we can sort of discuss further because there's, there's quite a bit to go out with. There's a God, there's so, yeah, so, there's so far to go with this, isn't there? I mean, I think, well, me from a personal perspective, someone who's been watching golf for, you know, like, well, regularly watching golf for 15 years or so, is I kind of, aside from the kind of the big team events like Ryder Cup, President's Cup, Solheim Cup, etc., I don't really see golf as a team sport. So I struggle no. with the whole team. I struggle with the team element. It just seems like a bit. It seems a bit forced. So it's a strange I, I, dynamic, isn't it? it yeah, it's, it's sort of strange, and I kind of understand why. You know why some people might might like that. I don't know. Um, you know why why some players might like kind of having that team element. And I, I guess I can see if you're playing really badly that every shot still means something. You know, even if you're like you're still playing for your team. But for me as a viewer, I kind of I can't quite 
I just can't quite get into that whole team thing. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, what doesn't sit well with me personally is the, is the people who've gone away to the Live Golf and then have attempted to sue their, their ex-colleagues. You know, <laughs> I just think that's just not a good look. So someone like, you know, the, the, there are people who you kind of think, you've gone about this not a very good way. And there's other people you think, actually, you know, fair enough. You know, Dustin Johnson went off, took the money. You have basically haven't heard from him since. He's yeah. just got on with it, cracked on. That's always been like, his way though. It's, yeah, that's that's the, it, it's, it's the way he is, right? Richard Bland, he's however however old he is now, 50 or whatever. Uh, he, because he won that event on a European tour, he had the, the opportunity, you know, that he was the Belfry, the British Masters. Uh, the, exactly, the Belfry local one for you. And then, yeah. so he had that, you know, obviously got the offer in and probably at his age, you know that's got to be too that's got to be a very tempting offer right and again he's gone away you haven't really heard from him again he's you know he's taking money fair enough but yeah. then it's the yeah it's the kind of it's the people who've kind of tried to sort of sue their ex colleagues so that they can keep playing on uh, you know on, on another tour and that's another question whether or not you think they should be able to play both but all the same it just it just doesn't really sit that well because you know you've, you've taken a a huge pay rise to go and play there just take the money just do it it's fine but yeah don't. it can be a little bit unsavoury in, in terms of how it's been done I think yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it yeah ultimately so live forever grow in the game yeah, yeah. You've, uh, you've you've made sort of no exceptions to making sure the live tour gets the Sam Harrop treatment <laughs> um, yeah sort of you know with regards to what you've been saying I mean I, I think those two videos are excellent mm. um, and I think that you've sort of hit the you know the key quite nicely in yeah. terms of understanding where the mood is of traditional sort of golf enthusiasts and, and actually understanding right okay what what can happen here but do you think it's good for the game of golf that's a tricky one because there are elements of it that you kind of think okay I can see where they're going like for example well the, the initial idea, I think, of trying to trying to play more globally, uh, I kind of I sort of agree with. Um, yeah. Although, as it happens, as it's shaken out, they ended up most of their events <laughs> most been in of the America. US. Yeah. So that didn't quite happen as it was kind of you know sold uh, initially. So that I kind of I can kind of see um, the kind of thing with changing it, like having, having kind of music and you know trying to make it should more, be right up your street, shouldn't it? Yeah, you think so, <laughs> wouldn't you? But then it's kind of weird, you know. I was asked this recently about like, how do you think about kind of music on, on the golf course, and, and the truth is, I've never really played. I've always, and I, and I, I you know, alluded to it earlier on. I quite like the, scenario, the serenity of it around yeah. the golf, where all you hear is the sounds of nature, and you know, maybe the occasional shout of four if you're playing with me. But you know, that's, <laughs> that's all. You, you don't really have this kind of. I, I've always been one who just likes playing, you know, without, without music. So, yeah, the, and the exactly the, the bell, bell. ringing. So. So yeah, I, I I can see why some that might appeal to some people, like a younger audience or whatever. Um, uh, I I don't really see any any huge evidence as yet that it is kind of growing the game, but it's very early days, isn't it? It's hard to it's hard to kind of judge it on on the basis of one year. Yeah, and I, I mean I think any any sort of breakaway tour from anything was always going to have teething issues. Yeah, and it's going to be. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like I've got no real sort of opinion on it, and, and I'm hoping that this year we go to a live golf event um yeah. we're actually when, when we are traveling we are going to australia uh, we're not going to be too far away from adelaide one when there's a live golf event there oh okay so yeah. we might potentially be going to a live is that the only well there's one just one in australia is there just one yeah, yeah it's just adelaide one, yeah. um so i mean obviously it's not weekly events like the pj tour yeah, is yeah. I, th I think that's the beauty of the pj tour is that you know you know if your favorite golf is playing on the sunday yeah and they've knackered it you know they're not going to win on the following Thursday, there's a good chance they'll be out again, and you'll yeah, be able to sort of, you know, true. watch again. And, and 
I think with events that are sort of a month apart, it, it can be a little bit more stagnated. You lose a little bit of interest, maybe. That, that, yeah. You know, that, that could be something. I mean, I think yeah. they have upped the events. It's gone from eight to fourteen this year. Yeah. Um, I, I just the only thing for me with Liv is fifty-four holes is not a golf tournament. Yeah, I mean that's another yeah that's another that's, slight slight kind of issue that I have with it that it just sort of feels like you know. We look at like the Champions Tour. You know, you know, when you're over 50, you play three rounds. So it does feel, you know, people joke about it being a retirement <laughs> tour, but you can kind of see where they're going with it. You know, yeah. you're sort of cutting down the, you're cutting down the holes. It does part of the, part of what what it takes to win a golf tournament is you have to grind it out for 72 holes, right? And probably by the end of those 72 holes, you you know, you're, you're physically probably feeling quite fatigued, yeah. right? So and, yeah. and you've also got the shotgun start, which when you're watching. I find difficult to follow because you don't know who's where. You know, <laughs> what am I looking at? Yeah. You know, so who's, who's shooting where? And it's like, right, let's have a look at Ian Pollard. Oh, hang on, let's go for the Lee Westwood. Let's go over yeah. to Dustin Johnson. And it's like, well, hang on, like, what, what's going on? Like, and yeah. I think with a traditional golf tournament, you know that your leaders are going at last. Yeah. And you know that you know your sort of coverage is going to be of good shots in between, really, for the, the golfers. Well, yeah, the there's that, and there's also there's also the fact that with you know when when someone creates a golf course you know a golf architect they, they look at the fact you know you're starting on this hole and you're finishing on this hole and you try and build it towards and often you find that you'll end up with a you might have a t- difficult stretch on maybe 16 17 and maybe 18 is like a reachable par 5 just for that thing so when you sort of play these holes out of order there's kind of less logic to the to the round you know again it doesn't quite well, imagine doing it at the Masters playing aiming corner well, first <laughs> first three holes well exactly that or you're, or you're standing up on the 18th tee for your first shot I mean you imagine <laughs> Jordan Spieth fancy that if, if Jordan Spieth was going on to the 12th is his 18th no chance like, he's never winning another tournament full stop <laughs> love you Jordan <laughs> he's a great golfer by the way what a putter oh yeah no, he's a golfer, and again, the 12th, but. He, again he's he's just one of those people who's really exciting to watch he probably he's in certainly my top five favourite players to watch because yes. he always does something that you're not expecting and again he's one of these people who hit it in the trees and then hit it to three feet and then missed the putt <laughs> great golf and he, he's another one that comes across as a great fella like, yeah. I mean, all the stuff he does off the course I mean like I said he's one of my favourite golfers um, he's a really nice guy and you know what and then this sounds like I'm sort of name dropping now but when I was at the President's <laughs> Cup I did you meet him? I, I, you well, interviewed I, him I interviewed him but then I also met his dad separately. Okay. Uh, someone introduced me he said oh do you know Sean Spieth and I was like nope uh, and then <laughs> we had a chat for about for sort of five ten minutes he's a lovely guy you know yeah. and he was just about to sort of start following this just before they he teed off so he, and he was just about following him around for the 18 uh, the 18 holes but yeah he's, he's just a really nice guy and uh, yeah nice 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 family i think and yeah he's he's very easy to get on with yeah i, I can totally believe that um latest song from yourself is involving the live tour yeah <laughs> everyone knows the aces um that is <laughs> so there's a comment for, for, again for non-golf people there's a comment that was made by Bubba Watson who is now a golfer with the Live Tour he was on the PJ Tour he's, he's won a few majors as Bubba um, where he said that his son turned to him and said what you've never heard of the Aces dad everyone knows the Aces as if it was some sort of you know high profile sports team that had been around for years won everything when in reality it's been around for about 12 months yeah <laughs> um, less <laughs> less than 12 months this was one yeah. Nick Faldo retweeted as well yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah. I, I did notice yeah. that on your, on your Twitter I haven't stalked you I promise no, you no. I, I do naturally follow you I just clock things Sam um, so I mean 
looking into that, you know, sort of everyone knows the Aces. Which, I mean, it's it's a fantastic song, um, and I, I think my line that's the favourite line from that song is the the uh, the Cowboys once were famous. The Yankees won five straight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, because in the in that same quote, that's what he'd said. He'd said, "Oh no," he said something along the lines of, "I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something he like." He mentioned the Cowboys. Yeah, he said like you know, like the Yankees, like the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone knows the Aces, you know. <laughs> so it was like he was putting them in the same bracket, <laughs> yeah. which was which was what made it so ridiculous. I'm sure the New York Yankees and the Dallas Cowboys are delighted <laughs> to be involved in that ilk of company. Exactly. Um, but, but the funniest thing you mentioned that Nick Fowler retweeted. The, fun, the funniest thing really was that that the Range Goats have got their own page now and they retweeted <laughs> it's almost uh, like anything involved so, in the live tour will get yeah. that retweeted um, so looking looking into that do you think that live can gain the attention of the golfing world in the same way that a major championship in traditional golf be it you know the Masters the US Open the PGA or the mm. British Open the Open yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick nod, nod to the Americans there. Um, but is, 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 do you think that the Live Golf Tour can gain that attention in the same way as, as those traditional majors, or do you think it's very much a case of we're not sure how long this can last and whether it can pick up, you know, what yeah. is required to make it a success? I don't think it can ever. I don't think it'll ever get to the level of the, the, the major events. Um, no. You know whether or not it can it can reach a point where it's you know on, on a par with the you know the DP World Tour or, or PJ Tour. Even I'm, I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful if I'm honest. But it all depends. Well, a lot of it depends on whether or not they start getting ranking points. Because I think that's probably what's holding a lot of people. You know, a lot of players going yeah. back from going. Um, and then aside from that, whether or not they you know the you know the the, the back the backers of it decide actually that, that they want to keep going down this this road because they may come to yeah. a point where like actually it's not. It's not getting the traction that we wanted. We're going to pull the plug on it, you know, which could happen. You know, that could happen in a year. It could happen in could happen three any years. day, couldn't it? I mean, it like, could. Yeah, technically, yeah, I mean, yeah. You never really know. I mean, as I say, I sort of reserve my judgment on the live tour until I've seen it, until I've understood it properly, and then yeah. I'm like, well, I've got a preconception of what I think it is and what I think it will do for the game. Yeah, but I need to see it. Um, yeah, yeah, and have that's fair enough. To, yeah. A corporate opportunity to yeah. go there. If you're listening, <laughs> so Saudi, if you are listening, <laughs> so I'm sure there's some blokes in Jeddah that are definitely subscribed to our podcast. <laughs> um, major championships, then. Yeah, golf is all about majors. It's all about winning the majors. There's plenty of good golfers that haven't won majors. Yeah, what's your favourite major, major championship? For me, and I apologise to my to my fellow Brits, but my favourite major is the Masters. Always has been. You're in absolutely. You're in my territory there. Okay, good, good. I, good. I love Augusta. Um, Augusta National is a golf course I've never been to, mm. but I could probably tell you every hole. Yeah, and that's. I mean, Do you know all the nicknames as well of all the holes? That's the question. I don't. Oh no, I don't know. I, I know a few of them. Yeah, um, got like Dogwood and like. The Azaleas, yeah, yeah. I can't, but yeah, I can't, that's probably as far as I can go. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, yeah, it's a special course for sure. It, it's one of them. I, th I think, sort of, as a kid playing the Tiger Woods PGA Tour game on Xbox. Yeah, there was a Masters edition came out one year, and I bought it. And I must have spent so many hours on that game that, like, every sort of awful shot you can play from the trees because I, I had a bit of I mean how can you have sympathy for it if you're not playing it yeah yeah but yeah. I had some sort of idea I was like wow this is hard yeah <laughs> and even on a game it seemed rock hard but every April it's I mean it's one of my favourite events to watch because the pure sporting drama that comes 
from you know that, that them couple of days yeah he's genuinely unparalleled and I find it difficult you know sort of George who, who films the pods with us he isn't a golf fan but I can't I can't explain to golf non-golf fans enough how much drama there is in yeah. a sporting capacity how intense it can actually get I agree with you especially that, that sun, Sunday uh, Augusta it always is and you, it's everything from you get you get those roars that kind of echo around the course and even when you're watching on TV yes. you hear a sort of roar in the distance you know something know. special has happened you know, and it's just I love that I, I love guessing and you're like oh maybe Justin Rose is just an eagle block. exactly yeah, exactly <laughs> that and you kind of know that look, most years there's a hole in one on the on the 16th on the Sunday isn't it there's, so there's always some, yeah. so there's always that kind of yeah I, I Traditional pin position. And, and well. I, I, you know, the other thing that I like about it, and I haven't been there, and it's it's a life ambition just to go and watch it one day. Yeah. Um, you know, some people say a life ambition to play it. I know that's never going to happen, but just to actually go and watch it would. Both be, of them things are on my list. <laughs> but um, it's just the fact that you know, I, I, I know we kind of joke about it, but the fact that the people aren't all there with their mobile phones. You know, people are there and are watching. I love that. Um, and. They have this. They, they, there's this sort of ultimate respect that, that kind of they, they they kind of have to have to pay. If you don't, then you boot it out. But because everyone has that, you're never coming it, back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> see ya. But because of that, because they have these sort of maybe slightly strange, what people might see as stringent rules, it does make it feel kind of special for that reason, you know. Yeah. And it makes it feel different. And then when you're out there, of course, if you want to get like a, a beer or a sandwich or whatever, it's at really reasonable prices. They don't have to hike it up yes. like all the other tournaments. Yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah. You're paying like whatever it is, twelve dollars a beer. There, it's like three or something. It's it's crazy. It, it, it's mad. I mean, Augusta National, obviously, Dustin Johnson. I think a couple of years ago when he won it, he was asked in the pre uh, sort of pre round um, interviews. He was asked, you know, what's your favourite thing about Augusta? And his answer was the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, pimento but, I mean, cheese sandwich. Yeah. But like I say, it's a great course. I mean, I think one of my favourite things is that you pick up, particularly from the commentary in Britain, is when you get like Butch Harmon on commentary because he knows that every acre of that, yeah. you know, sort of them grounds. And, and, you know, when someone smashes one down the second on the left and he's saying they should put a Delta, uh, a Delta checking desk down there because there's, <laughs> there's no way back. <laughs> you're like, you're yeah. incredible. And, and I think that that's where that tournament and I think I mean it's weird because in reality to people who aren't golf fans you're winning a bit of apparel <laughs> you're, yeah. you're winning yeah, a yeah. jacket not a very nice jacket really it, you do get a trophy as well but no one ever sees that no <laughs> it's all about the green jacket yeah. and imagine turning up with your mates to the pub in a green jacket. <laughs> <laughs> You'd totally do it though, wouldn't you, if you won it? Oh, if, if, if it's got the Augusta National logo on it. Oh, I see, you just mean generally. I'm just on about, oh, I see. if you turned up in a green jacket, what are people saying yeah, to that's you? That's a fair point, yeah. Um, but uh, and that's the beauty of it. It's almost like making the most ridiculous thing, like the holy grail in golf. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, Favourite course for majors? Yeah, I, it's, Ex exclude Augusta. I exclude Augusta. Because okay. I, I know Augusta's like. I mean, yeah, you're gonna say Augusta. Look, I would. Yeah, I, I, I get rid of that. that. I would have done. What, what you saying? Um, like, he, he say, I've even made sure that I put exclude. Excluding Augusta. I, I, I knew what you were gonna say, Sam. Yeah, uh, probably uh, probably Pinehurst. I think when that when that hosted the U.S. Open, although it was really interesting, it seemed like a really interesting course, a great course to host a major. You know, the one that Kaima won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that was, but yeah. Few years ago, I think 2017, yeah. maybe. I reckon maybe even be earlier than earlier that, than yeah, that possibly. But, but yeah, that, I'd, 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 probably probably that one. Yeah, um, I mean the thing, the beauty with like sort of the other majors is they do rotate the courses. Yeah. Um, you had like Chambers Bay in 2015. Yeah. That was an interesting major <laughs> uh, where you've got 
greens that are being described as being like putting on broccoli. <laughs> it, it's a municipal. And I think what I like about the USGA is they do mix it. Yeah. They, they are very happy to sort of go, right, okay, we're going Chambers Bay one year, then we're going to go to Oakmont the next. Yeah. And it, it's very much sort of like, <laughs> right, next year's winged for. It's, it's all yeah, a bit different they have some, every year. There's some really good courses on that on the roster, even the ones coming, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if I had a second favourite major, unless, you know, the podcast takes us to another one. <laughs> PGA, the Open, <laughs> um, but it's the US Open. USGA, I absolutely smash it. I, th- I think that they get their course selections right. They yeah. understand, you know, sort of. They want to make it a test. Yeah. You know, if you want to win that big trophy, you're gonna to have to play well. Yeah, it's different to the others in that sense that they kind of really, really you know, it's just, it's a different level, isn't it? Hundred percent. Um, this year, four majors to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Masters next month. You've got PGA then the US and then the Open yeah who is going to win the four majors this year Sam I could tell you, so I put I put this shout out a few few months ago now where I, I kind of thought I decided who's going to win them all and I could be completely wrong but I'm going yep. Spieth again at Masters okay because he's been rounding into form he's quietly showing a bit of form and he absolutely loves that place just like he, apart, he, from he the apart from the 12 <laughs> maybe I can just skip the 12 but yeah I like Spieth um, uh, USPGA I think um, Scheffler I think he's yeah. playing so well at the moment. Um, God's on his side as well. Exactly. You can't, can't argue you with can't that. Underrate that. Um, and then open, uh, I'm going Hovland. Ooh. He went obviously very very close last year. Yeah, yeah. And I just think he's, his, weakness, his weakness is chipping, right? That's the one place that you can get away with just putting your way around. Yeah. So hopefully not as exposed. And then um, for US, oh, sorry, I've done it in the wrong order. Uh, US, right, open, US Open, Max Homer because it's his local course where he shot, I think he holds a course record there, or he, he shot very low round in his junior years. Obviously, he, his record in California is amazing, so yeah. No British winners this year? Unfortunately not. Ooh. <laughs> and, 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 but most people would say, what, well, Ron's not gonna win one this year. And, yeah, to, uh, to be fair. Yeah, yeah uh, so I, haven't, I mean, won. this is, like I say, I'm probably gonna be way wrong, and probably they'll, they'll be shared between Ram and McElroy, and they're gonna look stupid. Like four British winners then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean to be fair, I, th- I think Fitzpatrick could he could be close on one or two of them. Yeah. I mean, the one for me that always strikes me as being someone that could go and win a major again is Danny Willett, mm. and he went close in the Masters last year. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about the guy. I mean, to be fair, Justin Rose is similar. It's like August is a golf course that seems to just suit a few British golfers and they play it differently they yeah. do play it differently to the Americans they see it differently yeah. and I think that you know maybe it's too much time dicking about in the woods you know on, on shit golf courses here it's <laughs> interesting wasn't it I think you know you're right there are a few certain golfers and it's one of those courses where you have certain players you know some Brits some not Brits who just love yeah. it and just keep you know Phil Mickelson's won it three times Bubba Watson's won it twice you know Sousa left hand Speed <laughs> nearly won it twice you know you have all these kind of yeah. You know, it's just one of those courses that just has certain a certain skill set that it really you know lends itself to. So I think it's always one you kind of look at kind of course form. So yeah, Will is probably quite a good outsider for for the Masters any year that he's you know that, that he's yeah, coming yeah. half decent form. You know, yeah, he's not he's not doing too badly. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, to be fair, is obviously we've talked about golf and, and non-golf fans probably have turned off. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any other sports in Sam Harrop's life? Is there any, ever been any other sports in Sam Harrop's life? Or um, probably. So I used to play a bit of basketball, uh, and I used to follow it 
reasonably closely. NBA? Less so nowadays. Or yeah, NBA, yeah. What, less less so team? now. Miami Heat was my, okay. was my team. Uh, I think back in the day where I used to really support me, it was like when you had like Tim Hardaway was was playing, who I, who I used to love. He's like my favorite player. Yeah. So I kind of and and I used, you know he's used, used going on holiday to Florida with my family. So I kind of like it was always like a, it made sense to yeah, Miami Heat or Orlando Magic. Exactly. <laughs> and at that point, you'd be like a glory hunter if you supported the Magic because that was when like Shaq was playing for them and all that. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's my team, by the way. Oh, only no, it's I've Magic. only ever been to one NBA game. And it was all Orlando, Orlando Magic. Magic yeah. Oh, nice. The lost, but. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basketball. I'd say. Uh, I mean, football a little bit. Again, I don't follow it as closely as I used to yep. I think it's mainly because I, I follow golf so closely it's very hard to find time to follow yeah, too many yeah, sports yeah. That's, the, that's the truth but have you got when, a team have you got a football team uh, so West Ham probably, would, be, would probably be my team no yep. particular reason I just again when I was younger I just kind of like you know they were the team that I like watching so I just decided good colours I mean I'm a Villa fan myself so yeah, it's, it's, it's the right <laughs> squint and then it might be you know <laughs> um so did you play much other sport or was it just a case of just literally yeah so a bit, bit of basketball at school a little bit of football um, uh, tennis um, okay. yeah actually sorry I haven't mentioned tennis sorry I do actually play tennis regularly now so I've got my tennis regularly in the car do you want fancy game yeah, <laughs> yeah I would actually so, uh, yeah so tennis that's probably that's the, that's the other one that I play regularly and I used to play like in the school team and stuff but yeah, those are the those, that's good it. sports. I'll, I'll be fair, like you sort of, I mean, they they very similar to sort of like what I do. Hand eye sports. Like, yeah, hand, uh, darts, tennis, <laughs> oh, table darts, tennis. Of course, yeah. Sorry, I forgot the darts qualifies as a sport. Definitely, put me down for darts. Hundred percent. It really is. I love pub sports. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like that's where I'm my, my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse: pool, darts. Temping bowling, if that counts as a pub sport, love them. In, like skittle, skittle alley. Yeah, yeah, skittles. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, isn't it? it counts. Um, Coming on to the quickfire questions, which so far in this series haven't been that quickfire. As I'll try and keep it quickfire. To be yeah. fair, they're good questions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but they're probably the quickfire questions, just called questions. Yeah. Um, first one, what's your dream job now? Dream job to be a first year announcer, but in musical form. Oh, okay. I like that. That, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Someone needs to make it happen. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, I mean, I've never even thought of that because it's normally just some old Scottish bloke. Yeah. Next to the chair from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but imagine if you could just do a little snippet of a song for each person. That would be brilliant. Like a walker, like a dart walker. Yeah, yeah, type exactly. Thing. Exactly, yeah. I, I tell you what, you might be onto something there. <laughs> Get Live Golf on the phone. <laughs> they're, they're definitely up for that. <laughs> Although, maybe not with the shotgun start. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That wouldn't quite work, would it? be going between every yeah. team. <laughs> Um, if you could pick a golf course that doesn't often host majors to hold a major, where would you pick? Cypress Point. Okay, but very yeah. straight in with that answer. Yeah, yeah. Just it looks like it looks like one of those courses. I put it up there with Augusta or somewhere that looks incredible. Just looks like out of this world good. Yeah, and I think people say that it's too short now to, to host a to host a kind of tour event. Yeah, and it can't be stretched out because of the sort of plot it's the, the plot it's on. But it looks it looks incredible. Yeah. yeah, fair play. I mean, yeah. That was quick fire. <laughs> um, favorite place that you've ever played golf? Um, probably Swinley Forest uh, here is in, in Surrey or sorry Berkshire border. Um, I played last year. Amazing, amazing course. Yeah, I think it's like ranked in like top thirty in the country. It's, yeah, tough greens there. Yeah, and the whole course was tough to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite golfing moment for you could be as a fan, a player. Or musician now as well. It was making a hole in one 
uh, August. Oh, really? Uh, in, in August last year, I made my first hole in one, and it will almost certainly be my last. But I just, yeah. How, how old were you? Freak shot. No, it was last year. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so oh, sorry. So yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I was forty. Yeah. Forty. Forty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, that is a good achievement. That's, yeah. I mean, I've played hundreds of par threes. <laughs> and I've had balls roll past the cup and you're like, yeah. oh no. And I'd had, I'd had my fair share of those, so like it was you know, unreal to actually see one in the bottom of the cup. What club did you use? It was a seven iron. Seven iron? And I didn't even see it go in because it was uphill. So I just oh, walked really? up there and I was like, where is it? You know, um, that moment you're like, nah, it can't be. That moment of dread where you think it's rolled off somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you immediately think, it could be in a hole, but no, there's no way it's in the hole. Check around the back, check around the sides, it's not there. <laughs> it's there. Brilliant. Uh, if you could go back to one day in your life, what would you pick? Uh, God, that's a tricky one. But I honestly, you know what? I'd probably <laughs> you, you say. Can, you can separate between golf and yeah. family as well. Cause I yeah, I know. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to say a golf one. I'm going to say that that, that uh, President's Cup first, first tee moment. Because I, because I was so nervous, I kind of, I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have liked it. Or at least I didn't enjoy the build up to it. Like I was kind of, I was so nervous that I, you know, I was fretting about how I was going to go. You didn't but I'd really love to go in there. Something. Exactly, yeah. So I'd love to do it again knowing it's going to be okay and I don't need to be nervous <laughs> and go it and just really soak it up, you know. Yeah. So I'd love to, love to relive that. Yeah. Brilliant. So, so these five questions are five questions that we ask sort of generally across the podcast. We ask everyone, try to reword them where possible to right. yeah. make it make sense. Yeah. Um, top bit of advice that you could give anyone and it could be about anything. I, it's, you know what, it's find your niche. Right. Yeah. That's it. And no one, no, it's not really something that I heard uh, at all, but I sort of realized that that's what happened to me, that I'd found my niche. You know, I wasn't really looking for my niche, but I found my niche. And now it's, you know, it's led to these incredible opportunities. So I think if there's something that you're kind of, that you're good at or you enjoy, you have a talent for, just, just try and find a niche version of it. Yeah. And sort of just lean into that and yeah, and, and see where it takes you. That's, that's a good bit of advice, that is. I mean, look, so we're still trying to find ours. <laughs> yeah, you, you found your niche. This is it. This is your niche. Um, hopefully. <laughs> when he pays the bills, so I'll take Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, if you could only do the same things all day, every day, forever, like a Groundhog Day mm. type scenario, what would your day look like? It would be, it would definitely involve a round of golf. Yeah. No question. Uh, I'd probably have like, uh, you know, I love a Sunday roast. Probably my favourite meal. I have a Sunday roast with the family. So it's Sunday say. every. Yeah, Sunday every, every day. day. Sunday yeah. roast every day, um, and then uh, and then the afternoon. You know, we talked about this a minute ago, but it would be like an afternoon of pub sports with my with my mates. We'd go. We yeah. we do we we do some bowling. We we play darts. We play pool. Have a few drinks. And yeah, that'll, that's, that'll be, that'll that'll be sound good. And then a curry, a curry uh, to, to you know the end of the night. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a great day, that Sam. To be fair, um, if you could change one thing about the world right now, what would it be? It's going to sound like a real cop out answer, but it's just world peace. Right. To be just fair, just take away the wars. You know, just everyone get along. You know, it's a great answer. One that we have heard before. Yeah, I thought it might be. <laughs> but also, no, to be fair, it's we normally that question's quite loaded towards you've got to use it to you know enhance. You've got the to do world. something. You've got to do something better. Personally, I'd be like, make myself a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I change one thing? Uh, my bank account. <laughs> that as well. No. Both. But yeah. <laughs> you had the option, Sam. It's uh, took away world peace. Like, admirable. <laughs> um, Oh, this is a good question. This is probably quite pertinent to yourself. Go to karaoke song, and um, is there any meaning behind it? 
Yeah, you know what, my, the reason behind my go-to karaoke song is probably not one that, that most people would choose, but the re, my, my go-to karaoke song is Under the Bridge by Red Hot oh, Chili Peppers. Right, but the reason is, is purely that it sits really nicely in my, in my vocal range. Okay. Because a lot of songs I kind of, I, I, I love, uh, but actually when I sing them I'm like oh that's a bit high or oh, that's a bit low yep. that one just fits in the pocket so I like, so <laughs> that's the song that I end up doing like when I went to again this is going to sound like I'm name, drop, name dropping which I'm not trying to but when I was at the President's <laughs> Cup and I, I went for a few drinks with Colt Nost and we went to a karaoke bar at the end of the night and uh, I go up to the thing and I say oh, yeah. she said what song do you want to do I said uh, can I do Under the Bridge she's like actually someone just did that like two songs ago oh, no, so you choose something else so I was like, oh God, he put me on the spot now. So uh, I was like, uh, I'll do, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll do Man in the Mirror, because I love that song, it's like one of my favorite songs. But of course, when I chose that, I didn't realize that the chorus is really high, right? So the verse was fine. I was like, oh, this guy's a white glove as well. <laughs> yeah, everyone's probably thinking, yeah, this is okay. And I got to the chorus and I'm like, you know, I basically just turned the microphone back to the, <laughs> to the crowd, you know, you did this bit. Um, so yeah. yeah, but Under the Bridge, that's the one. That's, that's a good choice, to be fair. Um, I mean, uh, talking of karaoke bars, I'm not sure if you've been. Have you ever been to Universal in Orlando, Universal Studios? Yeah, I have been to Universal, but I don't remember karaoke bar there. City Walk has got what I think is the best oh, okay. karaoke bar in the world. I have to it's, go, I have to go it's again. called Rising Star Karaoke Bar, and it's a full backing band. Oh, cool. And they've got like a list of songs that they can play. Yeah. And uh, me, and, me and George went there last summer. It is incredible. What, what song did you do? So I wanted to do Wonderwall. So I went there last February and did Wonderwall. Right. And I was like, this works in America. Mm. They quite like it. Doing the full Liam Gallagher, you know, sort yeah, of yeah, arms yeah. behind the back, yeah. <laughs> leaning Stone into Island the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full on. Um, but it turned out someone had already done that. So I ended up doing Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay. Which uh, <laughs> completely a, key yeah. change from that. From, yeah, from yeah. Wonder Wall, but uh, it got a good reaction. I mean, I, I think if you go into Orlando, you've got to try and do yeah, a British song. Yeah, that's great. I didn't know they had that there. Is that a recent thing? Like, I feel like. I, I think it's been there a few years. Okay. Yeah, next yeah. time you go, it's definitely worth a visit because I mean yeah that sounds good with a live band that's cool drinks are expensive but it's worth it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, final question from us and this is sort of the you know the motivation behind the podcast name originally mm. and where it came from three people dead or alive rather than be alive okay um, yeah. ideally you don't, you don't want sort of dead Elvis in the corner oh or, yeah <laughs> that's true yeah. you can't bring it back to life I'll give you that okay um, yeah that you would like to go for a couple of pints with Okay, so I'm going to go, so probably my biggest musical inspiration is Bruce Hornsby, if you know him. He's a guy who did The Way It Is. That's just the way it is. Yes. Um, yes, I know the song. So, that, so he is kind of piano singer-songwriter. It was always kind of like, you know, when I kind of was trying to make it as a songwriter and failing, he was kind of my biggest inspiration. So I'd, I'd have to put him there, I think. Um, and it also, I think, he like, I, think, I think he likes a bit of golf as well. I know he's friends with Peter Jacobson, uh, who's obviously a golfer, so, so maybe there's, there's a sort of, we could chat about golf, so I'll put him in there. Yep. Um, and then I, I'd have to have an actual golfer in there, and I, I'm torn with this one between a few, but... Tony's got to get that I'm up, pro- surely. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... Uh, the, problem, <laughs> the problem with Tony is that he doesn't drink, so you can't have a couple of that's, pints for Tony. That's the issue, yeah. Do they have to be a pint of beer? Or can it be a pint it, of coconut water? You could have water? A, couple of, a couple of soda waters. <laughs> right, okay, uh, soda, fine. Soda and limes. Let's make it Tony, then. Tony, Tony Finau. Okay, yeah. say if it was alcohol. Yeah. Tony, you, are, you have got the nod. 
but if, if it's purely alcohol it's a night out on the, on the yeah. piss <laughs> in that case it's got to be Shane Lowry right because yes. you know like you know, because once he's got a few beers inside him you know it's going to be a great life right and, yeah, he, and you know it's going to be a late night he's <laughs> going to keep going so yeah I think when he won the Open some of them videos that came <laughs> out after him winning the Open you, you see the videos study. you think he'd be a good person to have, yeah. have a night out with yeah um, and then the third one and I'm going to have to go dead I'm afraid for this one is uh, I would bring I'd bring my dad back to like my dad unfortunately passed away a few years ago I'd bring him back That's because he nice. never he never knew you know he never knew about this kind of golf music thing and how everything's sort of taken off so I'd love to have a couple of beers with him and, and I'd, he'd probably like to you know he'd like to hear about what's happened you know? Mate, that's a lovely way to end what has been a really enjoyable interview um, Sam Loved it. thanks for coming on to Couple of Pints podcast um, like I said we wish you very much the best of success we likewise hope, we hope to see you at the Ryder Cup and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're there as well yeah, that'll be good all <laughs> being well um, you can share a couple of pints there uh, absolutely um, maybe you get Shane along as well yeah, it's Shane if you want to take us to the Marco Rose golf <laughs> golf course not Marco no what's it called Marco Simeone yes yeah, Marco yeah. Simeone. he's Marco Rose he's a, he's a football manager <laughs> um, if, if you want to take us to the Marco Simeone that would be but, yeah. very appreciated uh, Shane um, but yeah so like I say, thanks for coming on and we, uh, we, we look forward to the next video. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Top man.